athletes in strength sports from across the world. And today we're interviewing uh, the famous Lisa. Uh, um, I don't want to mess up your last name, it's Flanders, yeah. uh, who is a physiotherapist. Um, do you want to uh, introduce yourself a little bit and say what you do? Sure. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Lisa Flanders. I'm a physiotherapist. I work in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, I am a women's health and pelvic floor physiotherapist, and I co-own or I co-founded Bloom Integrative Health and Movement Center, um, which is a multidisciplinary clinic. Our focus is um, health for all individuals. We do have a special focus on women's health and pre and postnatal care, as well as um, care through like the menopausal period, but we do treat everybody. We treat all ages, um, all genders. And we have a team of eight physiotherapists. We have massage therapy, osteopathy, um, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic care. We do clinical exercise one-on-one -on -one and in groups. So group rehab, which is um, really like a fun thing that we're one of the only clinics that does that in Ottawa. And yeah, we're just like a really awesome team. So that's a little bit, little bit about me. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with some questions. Um, I know that we know each other personally. I've worked with you. You're amazing. Um, you helped me with my issues. I'm like ongoing with uh, women working out, having a little bit of stress incontinence, especially as we have children and whatnot. So, and this is something that we've talked about on the podcast before. So that's why I wanted to reach out to you specifically, because I think it's an important issue that people are embarrassed about and they don't want to talk about. Absolutely. Um, um, so my first question is, can you tell me how you got into physiotherapy and what made you specialize like in the pelvic floor? Yeah, absolutely. Pelvic floor, but with women. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to be a physiotherapist for as long as I could remember. When I was 15, I was a pretty reasonable, high level competitive swimmer, like at the provincial level, not really at the national level. And I um, ended up with a shoulder injury. And so I went through my own course of physiotherapy as a teenager. And I just thought it was like a really cool profession. Um, so yeah. from 15 on, I wanted to be a physio. And then I took this really roundabout way to get there. I like would change my mind and my career paths for many, many years. And so when I was 28, um, I had a bachelor degree and I ended up um, applying to physio school and moving to Kingston, Ontario to do that. I'm from Manitoba. Um, so okay. it took a little, a little while to get there, but uh, I ended up graduating from my physio master's degree at 30. So when people tell me that they're like, oh, I want to go back to school, but I think I'm too old. I'm just like, no, no, no. I graduated from my master's at 30. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, and That's awesome, actually. Yeah, I think so too. I think yeah. we can do our careers if we want to. Um, when I first started physio, I really thought that I wanted to work with like neurological patients. So people with spinal cord injuries and like stroke rehab, acquired brain yeah. injury. And I did this amazing placement in uh, stroke rehab and acquired brain injuries um, when I was doing my education. And as much as it like is very rewarding, it's also very emotional. And I yeah, found I myself. Yeah, I found myself coming home every day and being like really upset about the, you know, the people that I was working with and like the struggles that they were having. And so I just thought maybe not um, the field that I should go into for my own mental health. So I started working in orthopedic physiotherapy for about six months and it was okay. Like a lot of office workers, a lot of things like neck pain, back pain related to yeah. the other desk. Um, but I always felt there was like this little piece of physio that I was missing because we don't learn about pelvic health a lot in school. So I thought I'd take my, tr my training and learn a little bit more about it. And mm -hmm. much like whenever you take sort of continuing education courses, you get really excited about them. And then sometimes you go and apply them and it doesn't work out the way that you want it to. Yeah, for sure. But with pelvic health, my very first pelvic health patient had such amazing success in such a short period of time. And I was like, yes, this is where I need to be because I'm, cha I'm changing someone's life here for the better. Um, yeah. So I decided I wanted to like deep dive into pelvic health, um, really started like promoting pelvic health, taking tons and tons of courses. I still take tons of courses in pelvic health and like related uh, fields. And that's sort of how I ended up working within women's and pelvic health. And because I have a bit of like a weightlifting CrossFit background, yeah. it's just sort of seemed natural to also, you know, sort of apply that to weightlifting and CrossFit and like physical activity and how we can help people yeah. 
and that's kind of that's kind of how we met we were at the same gym and yeah and you mentioned, yeah so it's it's interesting it's good that you actually not just you're not just like an armchair physiotherapist you actually apply it in your own life like absolutely yeah you know? and when, one thing that was really cool on my course is um so I had like lifelong what's called latchkey urgency so and a lot of women have this um when you sort of get home from work you put your key in the door and then suddenly you oh. have that yeah, totally understand right? that. And I took this course and they asked like, who, does this happen to anybody? And I like put my hand up being like, oh, I thought that was just me. And we like learned how to manage that. And I started applying that in my whole, my own life. And I'd had, you know, latchkey urgency for 20 some odd years. And now okay. it's completely gone. Like I can go home, I can go leave work. I can go run errands. I can get home from work. I can put my stuff away and like still very confidently make it to the washroom. So that was really cool. Like a little way that I applied it to myself as well. So part of the reason why we brought you on Lisa was because of yeah. the fact that it's very, very taboo, this subject. In in context, yeah. And um, it's something that uh, Jessica Fidden, one of the strongest women in the world, uh, there was a big controversy with Strongman Corp because they had asked women to start cleaning up their own bee on the platform when they're lifting these super heavy weights, right, uh, at the national level. And some there's a lot of body shaming, right? There's women who've gone through, um, have tried to get rehab and have not been successful. Um, and there's some that have. So it's just a very hot topic. And as a dance and fitness instructor, your health, you know, I have proven that uh, multicultural dance, because it's primarily for women in the hips, it builds those pelvic floor muscles, that women's strength, it, like their pelvic floor health, their, their, their butt, right, the size of their butt, how much their butt is, their, their strength in their hips is pivotal to their health. That is very female specific. So I want to know more about the science from your perspective. We really want to get into that today. Um, our theme obviously is like getting back in the spring, getting that pep back in your step, getting you know ready to be physically active in the summer. And obviously with the two-year lockdown, there's been a lot of folks um, who, you know, been sitting and we know sitting is horrible for your pelvic floor, right? Especially for women once again. So I know Hilda's got lots of great questions for you, but I definitely want to really focus in on touch on that because that's something that a lot of women struggle with in the weightlifting community. We have a lot more postpartum moms lifting and lifting during pregnancy. So mm -hmm. something that they need practical tips um, for whether or not they have that issue, but something to plant, prevent, right? Um, and also figure out how to, to deal with once you have it. So anyways, yes. continue on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And then um, Hilda, if you first hear him say Hilda Siegel, she's a power lifter. She's a, oh, like a, yeah. a pole instructor. She's amazing. Uh, she's a bodybuilder. She's an incredible woman. She has tons of experience. And that's exactly why we have her on the show. So if you're new to the show, she recently became a co-host with us. And uh, she's amazing. So anyways, go on. Hilda. <laughs> Thanks, Stephanie. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just saw someone cut out that's why um so you're you're very much somebody that helps your clients in a practical application so I'm wondering if you can explain to our listeners some of the techniques that you use yeah um so I am definitely the type of physiotherapist that really likes to focus your home exercise program into the things that are really important to you um you know, I have a lot of women that come into the clinic and they're like, you know, I've been doing my Kegels and I sit in the car and every time I'm at a light, I do my Kegels and I'm still getting leakage when I run. And I'm, I go, okay, well, like you're doing your Kegels practicing in, in a car. Do you have leakage in the car? Like that's not very functional. So, okay. so when I um, am working with someone, I'm looking at what is very meaningful to them. So for example, like if someone says, you know what, I leak when I do a squat, um, yeah. we'll, we'll try to, first of all, evaluate that squat technique, um, and then apply their, like along with the rest of our evaluation and apply their homework to that task. Right. So, uh, I'm not going to say, okay, so now you're having leakage when you squat, go sit in the car and do, you know, Kegels every time you see a red car or whatever it may be, cause that's not functional to real life. So I like to really no, exactly. break down like what is important to you and apply your homework to your, your skill or, or your meaningful task. Um, 
so for example, like it, let's use, let's use running as an example, because that's a really common one. So when someone comes in and says they're losing when they're running, I'm going to look at two different things. I'm going to look at what their thoracic rotation is. So how their rib cage is moving in a rotational pattern. And then I'm also going to look at how they manage their, um, balance on a single leg stance, because that can really give us some good feedback about some things that we need to be looking at. Um, and then we break down and we start to apply their homework to what their task is, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. And I know you've helped me with my squat too. So um, one of the reasons I thought of you for the show, because I just think it's a really important topic. Um, can you tell us about what you do to keep, uh, or what you do to help um, keep healthy while running a business yourself? Because I okay. mean, you might have so much yeah. going on, right? Yes. And this last year has probably been my like least healthy year, unfortunately. Um, I do try at like the bare minimum to do an hour long walk every day. Um, okay. so I have a 15 month old puppy. So that luckily gets me out the door and walking yeah. on, you know, like the days I don't like in the middle of winter, I was walking, you know, an hour a day, at least, um, yeah. I do try to do some form of like strength training at least two times a week. Um, my goal would be closer to four to five, but it just depends on the week and what my schedule yeah. is like. And I really believe that we can do like very small activity, like very small workouts and still get really good. Yeah. Benefits. So I definitely try to keep my workouts to less than 45 minutes because that's just, that's yeah. the time that I have available. Um, well, so there's I, the whole thing about trigger sessions. I don't know if you've heard that where you can oh. just do like 15 minutes at it and you're still, yes, you're not getting, I guess the same, but at least it's better than doing nothing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? I think I used to be the type of person that was like, I'm going to go to the gym and I have to do exactly an hour and a half and I have to do this, 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 yeah. this. And then it got to the point where my workouts were so long and so boring. I would dread doing them. So I just said, you know what? I have time for five weight, like five movements. Yeah, exactly. Down, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, and then the other thing I do try to meditate if I can, uh, and that has unfortunately okay. gone out the window the last year, just with the dog. No, I, I, try, I tried to go through that too. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to do everything you need to do. Oh, absolutely. But you know, going for a walk and I can sort of like, I don't wear earphones. So I just sort of enjoy nature when I'm doing that. Um, but that's okay. like the things that I do to try to stay healthy while running a business. I also take it. And this is new for me. I take an hour long lunch break, which I never used to do. Um, okay. And part of my lunch break is actually going home to let the dog out for half an hour. So we go play in nice. the yards. So we get, it's, it's like a nice little break up in my day. Yeah. I could see that keeping it definitely helping out too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So my next question is, um, how is it working with athletes compared to the general population? And, um, do you have any specific tips, um, do you have any specific tips for strength athletes that we can use? Mm -hmm. Um, so I love working with athletes because for the most part, someone who has been very active for a good portion of their life has really good body awareness. And that makes my job so much easier um, than sometimes people in the general population. And I mean, my mom is probably going to listen to this podcast because I will share it. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to use my mom as an example. I, cause I'm a physio. So she'll often like ask me for advice or like, can you give me an exercise yeah. for this? And I remember I gave her some exercise for her shoulder and then a year went by and I, cause she doesn't live in Ottawa and I, I saw yeah. her and she's doing this like really weird exercise. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, this is the exercise you gave me. And I was like, I absolutely did not give that to you. Like that seems <laughs> super unfunctional. Um, I think it was like this. So I, I do really enjoy working with athletes because they have that little bit heightened body awareness. And then also yeah. the, the big drive to want to do it, to, to want to do what we're doing. Yeah. So that they can improve their performance. Yeah. So yeah. for strength athletes, um, a big thing that I start to look at is what their squat looks like. And I think you're probably all familiar with like a butt wink, right? Yes. With squats. Yes. So a butt wink is a very big cue, uh, a cue for me that that person has a little bit of a, like a hypertonic pelvic floor. So they are okay. actually a little bit tight and we actually have to work a little bit on lengthening in the pelvic floor so that it can be very functional throughout the bottom of the squat. Um, okay. yeah. So like with a butt wink, that's, well, that's where I'll typically start. Like we'll start doing some release exercises. Um, I usually like very simple, um, I usually get someone to like sit on a ball just on the inside of their sit bone for a little bit. And then we'll like test. I think and you, really do, test. you do that too, actually. Yeah. I give it to a lot of people. It's a very common <laughs> exercise. I give. 
Um, it's a very common exercise I give because yes, it's really important if you have a butt wink. It's also very important for like people that sit at a desk all day because most of the time when we sit at a desk, our tailbone starts to tuck under, our tailbone and sacrum start to tuck under. So we end yeah. up kind of with that little bit of like a butt wink and standing. So it's, it's a really important exercise. Um, but I always, like a lot of people think that they need to be doing Kegels and that's gonna make them stronger. Mo I would say 90% of my clients actually need to work on lengthening the pelvic floor first okay. before we apply a pelvic floor muscle activation. Um, and the Kegels that you showed, like when I'm using you as an example, yeah. are not exactly like the traditional Kegels that you like, that I've learned in like a prenatal class or something like that. Right. Yeah. So I'll typically identify like what part of the muscle needs to be lengthened and what part of the muscle needs to be strengthened. So a lot of my lifting athletes, we need to work on lengthening the back part of the pelvic floor. And then we work on yeah. um, strengthening the front part of the pelvic floor. And then we apply that to uh, the lift. So if you're bracing, if when we hold our breath and we brace, a lot of people uh -huh. just brace by pushing everything out. Yeah. And that makes it worse. <laughs> that makes things worse where yeah. what I try to do with uh, my strength athletes is show them how to kind of create a little bit of like a support first. And then it's something for them to push against, if that makes sense. So yeah. we're supporting the pelvic floor and the deep core, and then they're using their Valsalva to push against that, um, to give them a little bit more support, help them feel stronger, um, and hopefully be able to lift a little bit heavier without concerns. Okay. Since you brought up Valsalva, can you explain what that is um, just for people who don't understand? Yeah. So a Valsalva is anytime we do an effortful task and we do it by holding our breath. Um, so I remember being in physio school and being like, no, we should never Valsalva. It's the yeah, worst. I remember that even in personal training, they said, yeah. Like, yeah, that we should never do it. And yes, maybe if you're like a, like a 70 year old man that has like heart concerns, that's maybe yeah. not a good thing to do, but if you're like a young, healthy individual, or if it's something that you've learned to do appropriately, um, I think that it can be a really great technique yeah. to help you feel a little bit stronger. So a Valsalva is when we take a really long breath in, hold our breath at the top. So full breath. And then we sort of brace by pushing out, um, before we do Just like, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you push it. Oh, sorry. Guys, the door's locked. <laughs> Stephanie, you're on. Uh, we can hear you. Oh, there we go. I'm <laughs> being attacked. The minions have entered. I'm sorry about that. Help! SOS. Um, so going back to some things I was listening to that you're saying there about the butt wink. Um, yeah. that was funny, and it's a very good cue. And inches make a huge difference on what happens, like in terms of form. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a guest we're going to be having on our show. He wrote the uh, Whiteboard Daily book, and uh, he's awesome. And he's all about making stick figures and teaching people about cueing. But uh, like you said, as a dancer, I'm always teaching people that stretching and lengthening the muscles is so, so huge. Because before becoming a strongman athlete, a powerlifting athlete, um, I have always had really long muscles, right, from a career in dance. Um, and so when I switch to being a lifter, I got so stiffness, a huge difference, but I went back into adding all those exercises I did in dance and I got my flexibility back, but I got injured because I stopped doing that. So, so very important to have the long muscles, like you mentioned. Yeah. And then, you know, going back to the butt wing too, um, and you mentioned like glute strength, um, a little while back, your glutes are your antagonist to the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor flexes the sacrum and the tailbone one way and the glutes yeah, flex yeah. the sacrum and the tailbone the other way. So, um, someone who is like having a lot of concerns with leakage, sometimes we need to strengthen their glutes and we start to see a really big difference just because it creates length in the pelvic floor and a length in pelvic floor can sometimes be a little bit more supportive. Um, you know, just really quickly going back to like Kegels. So when people, someone tells me they're doing a lot of Kegels and their pelvic floor ends up being very, very tight, that's not super functional. And the analogy I always give is, would you rather jump out of a window onto a trampoline or onto a cement pavement. So the trampoline is what we want the pelvic floor to be like. We want it to be able to absorb pressure um, and then sort of return to resting versus like a cement floor. If you jumped onto a cement floor, you would like break your leg. 
right? Because yeah, exactly. of all that force. So if you can yeah. imagine the pelvic floor being like super tense, almost like a cement floor, it's not really going to do anything to support you. It's not going to like help absorb forces when we're doing activities like jumping or lifting. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's super important to have that length within the pelvic floor, because if we can lengthen something, then it has a better chance of generating a force. Um, so my next question is, I know sometimes a lot of people are uncomfortable with, I know we've kind of touched on this, um, but stress incontinence is such a common issue with um, female lifters, especially women with children. Um, what is some like advice you would give to them to help them? And it's like, is there a certain exercise that is in general that you can give to people? Um, yeah, I mean, everybody's obviously a little bit different and I do tailor yeah. my exercise programs, like my home exercise programs to the individual. Um, a couple things like that I would say for all women, uh, that are super important is like one, get to know your pelvic floor. So if you've never looked okay. at your vulva, like take a mirror and go into the bathroom and go and examine the, the vulva and just sort of learn about what your parts look like. Um, you'd be surprised the number of women I have that come in that come for like that one don't. session yeah. and like that one session where we are sort of like, this is your pelvic floor. This is the front, this is the back. And then they come back and they're like, wow, I haven't had any concerns since I saw you. And I'm like, it's just cause you connected with your body again. Uh, so I would definitely say everybody should look at their pelvic floor or look at their vulva. Um, yeah. And then I always like, again, look at that, like lengthening of the pelvic floor muscles. So if you are doing, like, if you're butt winking, we need to really be thinking about lengthening, uh, those muscles. Um, you can do that by, you know, foam rolling. Um, I, I tend to use like a tuna ball and get people to sit on them. Um, that's a really like a common exercise that I give to people. And then yeah. also looking at like glute strength. So adding some glute strengthening in at the very minimum. Okay, perfect. Um, I think what's good is you're mentioning too, is like not just the dance movement exercises, but a lot of folks skip that bodybuilding phase of getting functional balance strength, right? Or they just train the front more so than the back muscles, right? And they don't balance out those movements and do an even amount of foundational training. And they mm -hmm. just jump right into squats and deads. And I talked about it for over a year on the show, of like, that's great. And that may become super strong and powerful and win a bunch of records and competitions. But, you know, once again, fitness is, is, is subjective, right? Health is subjective. It's not something you can necessarily visually see all the time. Like, unless you have a super trained eye, I've trained eye, I notice things all the time when people walk, I'm like, okay, you know, I guess I can tell a lot by the way you walk, right? It says, it speaks to me as a dancer, but um, you know, it's important to build that strength in there and take that time um, to build those layers of the foundation, right? Just like you would if you were building a basement properly. And I think yeah, I think it's very important to, like you said, get to know your body, explore different things across disciplines. It's like, come on, boys, where the ballet at? Let's see it, you know, yeah, get your absolutely. balance, right? Yeah. Balance in those muscles. Balance is huge. Balance between like your, your anterior and posterior chain. And even like, I'm not a great weightlifter. Like I'm, I feel like I'm decent at weightlifting, but my weightlifting got significantly better when I started doing more focused glute training. Like I felt stronger. I felt more balanced and I felt like it wasn't just my quads doing all the work. Um, yeah. after about like six months of like more focused glute training and, uh, like that piece is really important. And I kept being like, how do I get my squat stronger? Cause it felt so front shifted. And then I just started playing around with stuff on my own. And that was like, my biggest change was like that focus glute strengthening. I think a lot of strength athletes are quad dominant. Like I know I, I know I am, and I've heard that from a lot of physios where they're like, oh, you're quad dominant, you know? So it is, it is important to build the glutes, you know, especially. And if you yeah. have weak hips, I find it helps as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like, I struggle with my hips too. And I think you actually recommended doing glute work for me as well. Yeah. I remember that. And I also found when I started doing a more focused glute work, my back was no longer sore. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, that was like the biggest thing. And, you know, the lovely thing about the internet is you can find so many great exercises, uh, to try out. And so I like play, there's some that I, you know, work probably really well for some people that don't work for me. And then there's other ones yeah. that I'm like, this is like my, my, my exercise that I love. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you have to compensate somehow. Right. And you know, we, they always talk about weak core, weak back, but like for women, it starts in the pelvic floor, right. Before the core. So you can yeah. have, you know, upper abs, 
and have a flat tummy, but if you have a weak pelvic floor, you're going to have back issues. So, right? Like that sometimes it's not necessarily a direct like weight correlation. It has to do with the inner, you know, deep muscles. That's why Pilates is amazing for that, right? Anything yeah. that opens things out, lengthens it and balance it out, 100%. But um, yeah. the, the big key with that, like part, your pelvic floor is part of your core. So like people think of their core and they think of their abs, but yeah, actually one of your abdominal muscles is part of your deep core. Like your, your core is made up of your drip, your diaphragm, like your breathing muscle, your pelvic floor. We have like a little muscle in the back called multifidus. And then we have another muscle in the front called transversus abdominis. And that's actually our deep yeah. core. Our superficial core is our abdominal muscles. Um, and so that's where like, like people are like, oh, I'm going to do all these planks or sit-ups to get a stronger core. But really the, the beauty is that you can apply core exercises to anything. And I actually, I did a workshop last night and was showing these women how they could apply their core training into like, like arm, like, you know, um, presses and lateral yeah. raises and how we don't have to actually be doing these like sit-up type exercises. If you want to do them, that's fine. I personally yeah. don't her train specifically my core with the exception of when I'm doing a bit of a warm up. Well, even when I teach uh, core exercises, I try to get um, like people to engage their um, lower abs. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people like they won't push their back flat onto the mat or onto the floor when they're doing ab work. And just by doing that little difference, it just engages your uh, transverse autonomous better. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I really try to do that with my training with people, especially post like postpartum or post-pregnancy people have had children it like like women <laughs> it makes a big difference you know oh absolutely yeah and that that's a big part of it is that it's like how can we use our core functionally um and instead of actually focusing on these like core exercises that are are really abdominal exercises how can we make those yeah. functional like lifting your child lifting like your child's car seat you can use your core to do those and then you don't really have to necessarily train your your core separately if you can and learn about you have, yeah and if you have a stronger core you're not gonna like you said you're not gonna get as much back pain absolutely yeah and so like i do a lot of um unilateral arm arm exercises and it's because okay. we have to use that stability if we're if i'm lifting like a heavy dumbbell overhead with one arm i have to use that core stability um to make sure i'm doing that lift properly to like support my body yeah. so that's how i apply my core training and i actually just put it right into my workouts with, um, a awesome. lot of alarm stuff. Um, so my next question has to do with pre and postnatal, because uh, we mentioned that you work with, um, that population. So what are some of the services you offer for pre and postnatal care? Yeah. So, um, I would love it if every single person that was prenatal came in for like at least a pelvic floor examination. And again, getting to know their body and understanding their yeah. pelvic floor, that would be like my ideal, like perfect world that I lived in, um, that everybody would come in for that. So prenatally it ranges. Some people come in specifically for birth prep. So they're not coming in necessarily with a concern, but they're, you know, wanting to do everything they can to prepare their body to give birth. Um, okay. so that looks like, you know, we, we talk a lot about breathing. We talk a lot about pelvic floor length. Um, we talk a lot about like perineal massage and the benefits and how somebody can do that. Um, and yeah. just teach them about their body. And then we also, in those prenatal appointments, typically talk about the first six weeks postnatal, what expectations are going to look like, what they can start yeah. doing then. Um, and then we do have a lot of people that come in prenatally with concerns. So, I mean, primarily would be like SI pain or, or pelvis pain. Um, okay. and then like, there are people that have incontinence, there are people that, you know, have constipation. So there can be like a wide range of things that we see prenatally and okay. then post postnatally again, my ideal world, um, Everybody would come in at about yeah. six weeks. Uh, we typically do, I, I always recommend like a six week, a nine week and a 12 week. And then from there okay. we can adjust, we just get them booked in and then we can always adjust them later. So at that six week appointment, we'd talk about the birth. Uh, we learn about, you know, was it a vaginal birth? Was it a cesarean? Because both have benefits uh, for pelvic floor physiotherapy. Okay. Um, we do a reevaluation. We look at like incontinence, if there's any prolapse. So prolapse is when the organs are kind of yes. sitting against the vaginal walls and it feels a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and then any other concerns. So whether it may be pain with intercourse or like fear of returning to intercourse, 
um, and then how they can sort of get back into the activities that they want to do. So some people are very happy to just, you know, take the baby for a walk in a stroller and some people want to start running again. So we, we really tailor their program to what is important to them. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever work with like midwives or doctors um, directly and with the patients or is that something that may happen in the future, do you think? Yeah, we don't work directly with midwives and doctors. We do get a lot of our referrals from the midwives and doctors. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So we have some uh, pretty good relationships with a few of the midwifery um, collectives in Ottawa, and then I know a few of the doctors by name, not not by meeting them in person, that uh, do referrals. Yeah. Uh, I would love it in the future for like, like I think it'd be so amazing for like every woman in Ontario or Canada to like be able to access physiotherapy during the perinatal period, so pre and postnatal. Um, yeah, you know, as sort of like part of their their healthcare journey. You know, like you go for your six week appointment with your OB or your midwife. Yeah. Like, I'd love for everybody to also be like, and then you're gonna go see your physio. Yeah, it would be a nice little combination to have that, yeah. and probably the women that do reach out to you probably don't have as many issues. Um, especially like if it's not treated within that time frame, right? Doesn't it make it worse? Like uh, if you have a prolapse or if you have something going on with your bladder after birth? Yeah, I wouldn't say like there's, like there are definitely things that you would be doing that aren't going to necessarily make it better. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're doing like a really good example is if you have prolapse and you can, if, if you have a habit, like if you're, if you're every single time you have a bowel movement, you're pushing, yes, that's going to probably- okay. Prolapse a, little, prolapse a little bit worse. So we use a lot, we use more lifestyle changes in those cases. Um, I noticed that you have so these interesting little puppets and whatnot in your, some of your social media posts. Can you tell us about them? Yeah. So uh, all of our clinic rooms have like a pelvis model that shows the um, like vulva anatomy, as well as the internal organs, like the bladder, the uterus, the cervix, and then the rectum. We like ours are specifically like have vulvas, but it, when we have male clients, we just show them the same model and it's like the muscles are the, are the same. It's just the yeah. appearance is different. And then I have this puppet. It's called a, it's a vulva puppet and you can buy them yeah. online. <laughs> it's called the wondrous vulva puppet. And I ordered mine like, I don't know, 2014. And I ordered like she, the woman who makes them, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but if you look up, if you look up the wondrous vulva puppet, uh, you'll be able to, to see them, but she does custom vulvas as well. So you can get one that's like leopard print with lace and like a pearl. So, cool. um, so, my, <laughs> so mine is purple because purple is my favorite color. Um, yeah. and it like has some silk pieces, but it's a really great tool to show like this is the labia and this is the clitoris and this is the clitoral hood. This is what the um, urethra, where the, this is where the urethra is. But it's also kind of cool because it's a puppet. I can show sort of what prolapse looks like when people yeah. are curious about it. So uh, I bought it, yeah, many years ago. And it's like one of my favorite tools. I like how we've moved away from standard medical vulvas. Not only do we have them, but now they have bling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. I'm wondering if you can get one that's like a, has a barbell to it, attached to it or something. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that you could order one that has like, even like a clitoral piercing if you wanted, like she's that's so funny. Yeah. She has some really cool ones. And I remember I ordered it. Oh my, it was like 2014, but she, I know so many people who have very similar ones because it's like such a cool tool to be able to educate yeah. And plus it probably lightens the mood too, right? Like you bring out this puppet and you're like, not as, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And people think it's hilarious and they love how it yeah. looks. And yeah, it's, it's really fun. They, and they do all sorts, like not that company, but I've seen all sorts of like plush organs. Like I saw this company that was doing like a plush uterus and like a plush bladder. And I'm like, oh, we need to get those. And we can like do the whole <laughs> anatomy just in plush. <laughs> Um, I noticed too that you have like a very good social media um, like presence and you give a lot of good information on your social media, um, like you. different exercises and whatnot. Do you want to um, go into what your, well, first of all, what your handle is on, on like Instagram and tell us a little bit about your videos that you make? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're really active on Instagram. So I have two handles that I manage. 
Uh, one is actually four handles, but one is my dog's okay. personal. <laughs> I won't share those ones. <laughs> um, so my, my physio is um, at Lisa Flanders physio. And then the clinic is at bloom underscore health underscore Ottawa. Um, so on mine, I keep it like a little bit lighter and try to be like funny and, and bring humor in and, um, try to break the stigma. And then we do the same thing on our clinic page. It's just a, like a tad bit more professional. I find, yeah. um, and my inspiration honestly comes from my patients. Like a lot of people will ask me the same question in a week and I go, Oh, I'm going to address that on social media. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. You yeah. Might as well use it. yeah. Yeah. So that's where most Wait, of my inspiration comes back from. Back it up. You have instagram for your dogs that's like next level i mean it's pretty vip we have them for your kids but dogs what's going on yeah i I have one for my dog too Yeah, but I just I didn't want to spam people on my personal page with my dog, so I just made him his own Instagram, and it's super fun. <laughs> it's, it's it's like him; he follows all these other dogs, and it's like <laughs> so it's really fun. Taking that taboo out is very important, though, because like it's still like that with weightlifting sometimes, and then you know, women have always women have suffered and died when we talk about medical health, because it's taboo. Some, for some women, some cultures, it's still very taboo to talk about pelvic floor or, you know, the downwards area. So we need to still work to like take the stigma out and make it fun and make it friendly and not so, you know, white and sterile and medical and, you know, take away the shame and understand that we're all at different levels, regardless of how we appear on the outside. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's absolutely. great that you're doing that. And so then the other piece that I'm really, um, is like my little passion project is I started an Instagram or not Instagram, sorry, a YouTube channel in 2018 and my videos, the, the concept behind the videos was because people always come into the clinic and say, oh, this might be TMI, but this is happening. And I was like, you know, that when you come into my office that like TMI does not exist. Yeah, exactly anything and it's going to stay in this room. So I actually created a series of videos. I think we're up to like 32 some odd videos now. And it's called, it's not TMI. And I address those questions that people are often too embarrassed to ask. So I have a video on like, if you pee, when you skip, or if you pee, when you do jumping jacks, yeah. um, I did one on queefing. Cause somebody asked a question about that. Um, oh, that's, done... that's awesome that you have this for women. Cause like, we need this. Yeah. 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 I, and like, even just basic stuff, like this is your vulva or like, this is your clitoris and talking about those things. And I try to keep them really short. Cause I know that people don't have super long attention spans. So they're all under yeah. five minutes. Um, and like, I think my biggest views on my videos is my first video I ever did was, and it's terrible when I go back to look at it, it's so poorly done, but I <laughs> have like 500,000 views on it. And it's just really like That's your awesome. vulva anatomy. Um, and so that's like a really big passion for me that I'm like really trying to break down like the stigma around women's health, the stigma around pelvic health and educating people in like a safe, comfortable way. Have you ever thought about doing an Instagram for your, um, for your, uh, hello for my, oh, like the vulva, <laughs> like a vulva. Have a whole personality around her and like, oh, that would oh, be no, such a good idea. idea. That'd be such a or good a idea. YouTube video on it or something. Yeah, well, the Volvo puppets have appeared in quite a few of my YouTube videos, just because okay. it's like an easy way to like educate people. Um, yeah, you know, and show them what things look like. But yeah, <laughs> an Instagram awesome. for the Volvo that'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you for everything today. Um, so, how can people get in touch with you? And can you tell us a little bit about your practice in Ottawa? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our practice is, um, it's very central Ottawa. We are on Carlene Avenue. So Bloom Integrative Health and Movement Center. Um, The best way to get into contact with us here is either by email, which is info at bloomhealthottawa.com or our phone number is 613-725-9496. Or like even just contacting us through the website, the Lovely thing about um, technology nowadays is you can do a lot of your booking <laughs> online. So to book an appointment, people can book online. Um, your initial assessment, you do have to call the clinic to book that in because okay. we kind of we always recommend people book their follow-ups when they book their initial visit just to make sure that you can get the appointment times that you want. 
Um, so we usually get you to book like two or three follow-ups as well. Um, and yeah, on Instagram at bloom health at bloom underscore health underscore Ottawa. And also we have a Facebook page too. It's not super active, but we do have a Facebook page and we do have a very inactive TikTok page, but maybe one day we'll get more into that. Yeah. It seems to be, that's where everybody's going now is TikTok. Yeah. Well, you know what, yeah. if you make a TikTok, you need to make it with the vulva. And you yeah. should call her the voluptuous or the voluptuous or the volatile vulva. You can you can give her moods and personalities. Um, so before you go, though, uh, like I said, if you guys want to get information and connect with um, our guests on the show, check out a Facebook group, Strong Women of Canada. We also have a group called Team Panda Strong, where we post fitness tutorials and challenges from our elite sponsored athletes like Hilda, as well as recipes. I'm all about that carnivore life and a bit of the keto. So check that out. Um, and obviously we have a YouTube channel as well. So if you want to do one of our fitness challenges, <laughs> if you want to do one of our fitness challenges, you can actually win some gift cards to our merch and some prizes from our sponsors and our guests on our show. So be sure to check that out. And if you like what you've heard so far, please share, like, and review us and rate us because, you know, we need those stars in our life. Uh, also, going back to some things, what are some workouts you would recommend that, you know, everyone's different and obviously you need to meet with them in your practice, but what are some practical workouts or starting points people can do at home if they want to test where their pelvic floor health is and you know to figure out if they need to come in and see you or that kind of thing what are some uh, challenges they can do to assess themselves yeah I always um I always get people to start with breathing so I mean learning how to breathe is one of the key components of, of having a healthy pelvic floor um on our YouTube channel, actually, my colleague did this amazing series that starts just from like how to breathe to the, how to connect with your pelvic floor. I would definitely recommend starting with something like that. So learning how to do what we call a 360 breath. Um, and if you can't okay. then doing some pretty simple stretches, which she created in a video. So like moving the thorax around doing some rotation and then, um, learning how to connect with those different parts of the body. And if you're feeling like I can't really connect this way, or like my breath doesn't seem to be doing what I want it to do. Uh, then that's a really good sign to start uh, coming in for a physio therapy appointment and learning a little bit more about your body. And that's not just important for women as well, because like even in powerlifting, we talk about the 360 breath. Um, so that's something men can, could benefit from as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the videos are not like, they're very like unisex, like anybody can do them, all genders, um, like learning how to breathe, learning how to, you know, connect with your front middle back, learning how to connect with yeah. your transverse abdominis and, you know, doing something like that. If you're saying like, I'm having a hard time 360 breathing, like right there, that's a cue going to see someone working with them for that, whether it's a physio or like, um, a fitness pro, um, that yeah. has that sort of understanding and background, like that's a, that's probably like your number one way to start is like, can you breathe? Can you breathe through your whole, um, thorax and abdomen? That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes. Thank um, you for being else? on the show. Oh, I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. You are so smart and um, I'm, I, I challenge you to make a TikTok and video, an educational video with this Volva because I need to meet her. She sounds fabulous. Like she has great style. Yeah. And um, if you need help naming her, I got some ideas and I would love to see a little challenge um, for our followers to uh, <laughs> check out what's going on down there. I mean, you need to know. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I did know? a whole video about where to start, like how to look at your vulva and what to look at. And I even gave you like, I gave a diagram and I said, like, can That's you awesome. identify these parts of your vulva? That's the best place you can start is like, get to know your body. And yeah, and we're so not connected with that area because it's so, you know what I mean? It's not like men where it's just out there. Sorry <laughs> to put it, say it like that, but you know what I mean? Uh... Absolutely. Well, it's it's true, true though. It's very true. Yeah. Cross your legs. Don't touch. Keep it clean. Keep it covered. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think nowadays we're getting more comfortable with talking about things, but I know even growing up, uh, like I grew up in the '80s, so it was like a something we wouldn't talk about at all. Right. Yeah. And I think it is getting better, but there's so far we can go. And like, 
really, you know, show women, women's health that it's at the forefront. It's important. It's just as important as men's health. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Thank you for being on the show. We loved having you. Like I said, we are going to post the links to her social media and her practice. And I'm also going to share these videos she speaks of. Um, make sure you send them on to me, Lisa, because I am going to share the living heck out of them. And I <laughs> challenge you guys to do one of these challenges. Um, and you don't have to buy a vulva. No vulva required. Just use your own. Um, I have a quick question for you, actually, before we go on the subject. Curious minds want to know. So I don't remember the technical term for it. So excuse my français. But, uh, you know, there's a thingy that you can stick up in there. And a lot of women just hang oh, weights yes, from it. You know what I'm talking about? Spots and workout. What's your thoughts on that? I have my own, but I'm very curious. What's yeah. your thoughts on, you know, does it work? Is it, is there a better way? Is it dangerous? because I mean it's really taboo and I you know there's a few Instagram girls that are all about that just walking around with the their lady balls yeah (laughs) there's there's a Benoit balls I think there's like Benoit balls and like the jade egg and all these different things um so again going back to like how the muscles also need to be able to lengthen it's not I don't think it's advisable I don't think it's beneficial to walk around all day with your muscles on, right. Our muscles need to also lengthen, relax. It'd be very similar to if you were challenged to walk around all day with like a a dumbbell in your hand and you had to keep it in a bicep curl, right? Like you'd be really fatigued by the end of the day. And so I don't, I don't ever prescribe them to people. Um, it's not, not something that I think is necessary. I think there's like ways that we can engage and strengthen our pelvic floor differently. So on the same topic with the apparatuses, I've noticed that there is, um, a lot of different uh, like anti-leakage type of, um, I don't know what they're called again, but for incontinence. Yeah, I, I noticed them, yeah, I've noticed them mo- more on like, like uh, different social media platforms lately. Yeah, Pessary- know, because I'm talking to you and it's coming up, you know what I mean? Like- uh, pessaries can be, they can be beneficial. So I do have some patients yeah. that use them like specifically for physical activity because they do either feel a little bit more heavy when they're doing their activities or they do have a little bit of leakage. So that can be a, a different tool. They're not weighted. Um, so yeah. I, yeah, I do sometimes prescribe pessaries to people. Uh, it just depends on if that's the route they want to go. Um, but the weights, I don't think that they're super beneficial yeah. because I think that you need to be able to lengthen the pelvic floor and shorten the pelvic floor. And so if we're just shortening, that's not necessarily going to help either. And that's not going to create that like trampoline. It's going to be more like that cement floor. There's also something that sex with, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. One of them is sex with Emily. Yeah. And um, she talks about like, it's a, I think it's almost like controlled by the phone um, where you go, where it goes inside and does Kegels, helps you with Kegels and whatever. Do you think that's beneficial or is that just another gimmick? Yeah. Again, I think it's, I think it can be gimmicky. Um, it's yeah. one of those things though, if someone is having a really hard time, the thing I like about that, there's, so there, I think there's one called like the LV or something like that. I think that's um, the one that she recommends on her yeah. podcast. Yeah. The thing I like about that one a little bit more is that it is going to also focus a little bit more on the lengthening piece, because I think you have to sort of like jump over stuff. So you get the, get the okay. burst of strength and then the, the relaxation. So I don't mind that one as much. Would I have someone go buy one? You know, it depends on what the price point is. If someone already had one and really wanted to use it. Yes. I would absolutely help them to use it um, appropriately. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that. I just remembered as Stephanie was talking, I remembered all of these things that I've seen. So I thought I'd ask you. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that we need to be buying anything specific um, with the exception of pessary. I do sometimes recommend those, but yeah. Th- and that would depend on the severity of the incontinence, right? Yeah. And incontinence, but also prolapse. So if someone's having like, like heavy prolapsy type symptoms when they're doing physical activity, that can be a really good supportive device as well. Okay. Perfect. I, I can't remember what it's called and I can't remember who sells it, but um, uh, it just popped in my head now But there's like balls, I believe that you can also sit on and then kind of not ride them. That's like not the greatest term, but like you kind of just tilt your pelvic floor in a non-sexual way forward and backwards um, to kind of work on it. But I mean, you know, I feel like even just sitting on a ball 
you know, like an ergonomic ball chair, right? That can help doing those kind of hip movements, hula mm-hmm. hooping, that type of thing. But, you know, my personal belief as a dancer um, is you go from static movement, to PNF stretches, you know, because that lengthens the muscles. So that's kind of like yoga. Pilates is, you know, ply yoga essentially, right? So you build that up um, and then you go into much longer static stretches, right? And then the active movement piece is huge. But, uh, you know, you can do a lot without equipment. And I see so much equipment nowadays that's like, yeah, but um, like kickbacks, donkey kickbacks, where you would just, you know, put your foot in the the strap and then, you know, pull the weight away from you. Now we've got the monkey, what are they, the monkey, whatever, something called out. Joe Rogan was talking about his podcast once, but they're popular. And that's just to do what you're talking about, like single leg raises. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as a dancer, when we're teaching dance, how we assess people there's it's very complicated there's lots of levels but basically you want to train your body equally from one side to the other right and you can do all of that without equipment um equipment should essentially be once you've got that foundational strength it should be to add um, added resistance right and add challenge or for the sensory output that connection like what you're talking about so those devices like you said can be really good for people like I, I would say for in my opinion I mean I want to hear your thoughts about especially for folks who had traumatic you know birth um, c-section or have had an episiotomy like me where you know that got all you know wasn't the same after so what are your thoughts on that before you go yeah so some like I'm, I really like to help people be as successful as they can with their home exercise program. So if we can really limit the equipment to things that they have lying around the house, then that's going to be the ideal. So I always say like, what equipment do you have at home? Do you have this and this, is that going to be a barrier if you don't have it and you have to get it? So like when you're talking about, like, I think that somebody made like a, a taint ball, like that you sit on, oh, on cool. the but, and I give that exercise a lot. But I just say like, do you have a tennis ball or lacrosse ball? Like do you have yeah. kids? Does the kid have like a, a ball that you can use? It needs to be about this large. Um, so do you need to buy the specific ball for that? No, unless you want to. And that's fine if you want to. But there's so many things around your house that you can use. Like even I've had people like sit on a pool noodle before because it's about the same size and it's pretty soft. That's a great way to start. Or like sitting on a, like a rolled towel. That's also a really easy way. Everybody has towels in their house, I hope. Um, so like a hand towel, uh, we can roll it up and sit on it and we get very similar benefits uh, without having to spend, you know, all this money on something that's like specific for this thing. 100%. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, so much great you. information. And like I said, you guys check out her videos. And if you need any other information, obviously, if you're in the area, you know, get hooked up with her. She's great. Um, if you have any questions for us, feel free to comment. We will get back to you. Thanks again for tuning in, pandas. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget to be fabulously savage, sassy, classy, and of course, a little bit assy, because we all know, thanks to Lisa, that helps build your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm.